This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler room. And welcome to the Spoiler Room. Mark the Movie Man here is your host. It's the best of worst of 2014. Original title, original subject, I know, but all movie podcasts seem to do it. All the sites love lists. And so we decided to do a list tonight. So we're going to bring to you some of our best and worst of 2014. These are movies that came out during 2014, either on video on demand or in the theaters. And the crew in the room tonight, we're going to start off Irv from the podcast. Uh, DNC Dixon Cider Show is back. How are you? tonight sir perfect thank you for having me again awesome glad you could make it and returning to the spoiler room once again is the one and only mr brad how are you today sir i am quite wonderful thank you fantastic and gonzorific is back in the room andrew how are you tonight mark 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 you want to i'm a favorite hosts on the internet man thanks for letting me be on your show mark oh thanks man i appreciate you having you on and uh the regular the new regular in the spoiler room the new addition uh who is no longer new i'll say he's just one of the crew now mr paul salzar paul how are you today sir i'm doing fantastic i'm stoked for this show I love the bow tie. I love the fact you wore a bow tie. Bring it, bring it, bring it, making it classy, making it yeah, classy, making it classy. I was, I was gonna say, cool. I, was, I was getting the total like, uh, yeah. gee, don't know if this is the opinion of the oh. the uh, the effect that you were looking for, but I was looking, thinking, having like a total like Jean Shallot flashback. <laughs> Brad brought his Serenity T-shirt, and me, I just fought, brought my No, I will not fix your computer T-shirt. So see, uh, there we Paul, go. And you, can't, there see there me, you go. can't see me, but I'm wearing my Frankenhook. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> nice. I'm not wearing anything, so oh, <laughs> I think I think Nong. Andrew wins. I do. And then, if you did recognize the voice, we have movieocrity in the house. Mr. Scott <laughs> Davis is with us tonight. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you here. And so tonight we're going to start off with the top. We're going to start off with the good ones instead of the bad ones. We'll leave the bad ones to last because uh, those we can always find probably a lot more to talk about. But before we get to all that, there was a trailer that came out probably a week, week and a half ago. We didn't really talk about it, but I just want to bring it up because it's just so badass. The Mad Max Fury Road trailer. Guys, who's stoked for this film? Me. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Andrew, is it me or I mean, this thing felt like a trailer pulled right out of like the '80s. I mean, <laughs> this was just completely not a '90s, 2000s millennial trailer, is it? No, I mean, hey, you know, it's like a lot of times when trailers for new movies come out, you you go like everybody's got something bad to say. They're like, oh, this looks like crap or whatever, and you're like, what do you want? Yeah. If that looks bad, what do you want, man? What's going to make you happy, you freaking internet geek? You yeah. supposed movie fan, you? Well, Mad yeah. Max Fury Road answers your question. That's what we want. We want the person <laughs> that made the originals to come back and not mess with what made them awesome and just kicketh the ass. And it's real cars blowing up. It's crazy camera angles. And it's George Miller, you know, it's like a dream. It's like they would have given this to some other hotshot director and not even cared about the originals and just did a reboot. What universe does this movie exist in? Not the yeah. one that I've been living in. It's like 
I still can't believe that it's happening. And yeah. Finally, right? Yeah. <laughs> if only well, Tina Turner would do the song, and then <laughs> <laughs> I would totally be into that. She, if, if, I, if, if they want to give Annie a, Auntie a, a a cameo, I'm totally cool with that. Although she's I think she's it's... retired. We we can't yeah. look a, a gift Mad Max in the mouth. No, okay. no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks. Crazy too. I mean, it looks exactly as crazy as the original. It looks like a, a 2014 Mad Max movie should look like, yes. but but normally would never. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't. It's not a complete throwback, and it's like, hi, old people. Remember when yeah. you liked movies? It's not. No, like they would that. never give money to that. No, they no. Well, And every now and then they try to, and you know, when we ever see them, we were never totally happy because nostalgia is so rose tinted. But it's, no, it doesn't look not, like Death Race. It looks it, like a good it, movie. Yeah. It's got two things. I mean, it's well, it's got two things. Like the closest thing we've come to anything like this, I think, in the last God, more than twenty years, more twenty-five years at least, is uh, uh, is uh, Doomsday. Neil Marshall's Doomsday. Which, oh yeah. Personally, I loved. I I enjoyed um, Doomsday quite a uh, bit. But this is the real deal too. Yeah. Like, cause that, like Andrew said, this is the guy who did the original, and he's bringing this out for a new audience. And he's still got it. He's still he's good. Still got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, did you think I totally pussed out just because I decided to do Happy Feet? No, 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 no. no. I'm That's right. He did the Happy Feet I'm movies. Still a badass. Right. I like, I like the Happy Feet movies. Brad, well, they were the do. edgier, like you know, CGI <laughs> cartoons. They a really lot of people like the Happy Brad, Feet. Brad, I, I like, I like other movies that George Miller did, not necessarily Happy Feet. But I mean, I, I like, I like people who can go out of their wheelhouse and say. No, I can do this too. I'm not just. I'm not. No, just he's he's way better than guy. than uh, Dennis Miller. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't make me get on a rant here, but Maxi <laughs> Boy gets in his vehicle. But 9/11 I, made me an idiot. <laughs> yeah, holy shit! Don't did it ever. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Brad, how did you feel about this trailer? <laughs> uh, you know, having having seen the original back in the eighties, <laughs> because I'm old. Um, it really it felt good to see and to know that it was being done right that it had the feel of the original it feels post-apocalyptic it feels gritty it feels like Mad Max should and it doesn't look like an overly polished turd you know <laughs> which we've seen a lot of in 2014 so it's nice to know we're going to get uh, get something good uh, to look forward to for 2015 so I agree, and it doesn't look like this is uh, we're going to kowtow to the uh, nostalgia of everyone's movies yet. Try to uh, you know uh, try to appeal to the new audience at all. It looks like he's just telling another Mad Max film, and he's using the new tools that are at hand, and it just looks crazy. Uh, Irv, what about you, sir? Mad Max Fury, Fury up for it? Yeah, I'm totally up for it. Of course, I was orgasming in my chair when I saw it in front of. Uh, but um, I, I'm I'm really excited for the cast. Uh, it looks like a really good cast. I think there'll be some pretty good actors and maybe even some new ones. Yeah, I think Tom Hardy is an excellent, actually an excellent choice for Mad Max because he can really bring that kind of calm yet anger type thing to the Mad Max character. If there's a modern actor, you know, as long as it's not freaking Fassbender or Gosling, I'm fine with it because they seem to pick them for anything of this type of role, you know. Paul, what about you, sir? Fury Road? I definitely enjoyed the uh, the trailer because it actually brings it back to kind of the Road Warrior thing. There were actual cars racing, and that to me was, you know, the Mad Max Road Warrior 
uh, and that whole thing. But recently, I really enjoyed the the trailer because you see Mad Max squashing that lizard, and lately I've been hating lizards. <laughs> well, for me, it's just you look at it, and it looks like it fit right in with the rest of it. I mean, from Definitely. all the bat batshit crazy. Uh, costumes and the vehicles, the way they were designed, you know, nothing looked slicked or shined up or Hollywood. I, I like Andrew, you know, like you, you said, it, it looks gritty. It looks, this looks like a Mad Max film. And then to have that trailer play out like it does, that's not your more normal modern trailer with the way they have some the music in that. It just was totally like, I'm like, wow, did they let him make his own trailer for the film too? Because that's an entertaining Which trailer. I mean, you, see, you know, you see all these other trailers, and you're like, yeah, okay, kind of standard. And you get this one where it's playing the music, and there's just some wild visuals flying at you, and you get some, you know, odd camera angles. You're just like, oh my god, I want to see this film so bad. <laughs> so, uh, I, think. I think we will definitely have to plan a spoiler room for when Fury Road comes out, so we can uh, see if the movie actually delivers what the trailer shows. But with with the original creator behind it. I, I really have a good feeling about it, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes over with the new modern movie audience, I think. I think it'll be either be embraced because it's just going to be totally crazy, or people are going to say it's probably really dumb. And only those folks like us will be going back a couple times to see it because we'll be like, this is another Mad Max film, hell yeah! <laughs> well, there's well, there's so many films, it like... 2014, and I'll get on that later. 2014 was a really shitty year for movies, <laughs> but uh, 2015 and 2016 are oh, going God. to be very, 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 very big years, particularly for event movies. Yeah. I would love it if Mad Max doesn't. It's got a lot to fight against because it's going to be fighting against every other franchise this year, mm -hmm. and it's kind of more of a niche market. Uh, but I would love to see it just, like, kick the crap out of some of these other attempts to reboot franchises that maybe feel a little more cynical right. than what this does. This actually seems like it's honoring it, and it's a return to form, and we're starting this anew, but we're also respecting the legacy, and it's not just for money. You know? <laughs> right. so I'd no, like I... to see it come ahead. I'd like to see that. Yeah, me too. So, uh... Speaking of good films and bad films of 2014, uh, let's dive in tonight to our list. Uh, we're going to start off with the good first because I like I like starting off with the good vibe first. So, uh, Adam, why don't you start, Mr. Irv? Uh, why don't you tell us what are one of the best films that you saw in 2014 that came out in 2014? Uh, I'm usually not a, a movie goer who goes out and watches all the brand new movies that come out. I kind of lag back a few years and start watching a lot of independent films that come out and that are released most of the time not, that are non-theater. But all I have to say is everything is awesome. <laughs> when you're part of a team. Yes, exactly. I'm totally for the Lego movie. I was so psyched for this because I've been a Lego fan my whole life. And for them to make that movie not just for the kids but just as much for the adult, I was stoked for that movie. And I, I honestly, right now, I think that's probably the best movie I've seen all year. The Lego movie's a lot of fun, and it's weird because it's a really uh, divided film audience on this movie. I've seen people who just hated this movie, and some people that uh, just adore it, but no really middle ground. Brad, what about you? Lego movie? No, I, uh, I took Alex to see it, and um, it was fun. Um, mm -hmm. And Alex... Uh, 
uh, Alex enjoys Legos, as as most kids do, and um, he was kind of into it. it. You know, this is kind of an interesting year, and I'm going to throw out the name Guardians of the Galaxy. Not on my list, oddly enough, mm-hmm. um, but this was Chris Pratt in another yeah. film um, as as the uh, the voice of um, crap. special and uh, Emmett. Emmett. Emmett, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yes. It, it just flashed in my brain. Actually, I do have another movie that uh, uh, is is on my best list that uh, Zoe Saldana was in. So it's interesting how there were a couple of films that uh, had a couple of actors and actresses show up in, in, another, in another movie this year um, that were really good. Yeah, I, I agree. That seemed to happen a, a number of times with uh, films out in 2014. Andrew, the Lego movie? Oh, man. Dude, you know, here's what happened. Years ago, me and my wife were late to seeing Soderbergh's The Informant. The next movie that was starting was Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and we're like, well, we're here. That movie was so good. Oh, God. It ended up on my top ten of that year. It was so good. So when I saw that those people were the one doing Lego, I'm like, it's going to be great, and I loved it. But you know why I loved it most? Lego movie, the animation in it looked just like stop motion. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what they did, but the detail on their little helmets and stuff, like if you ever had Lego, the way that they were scuffed up and stuff. Yep. Like I watched the first time I watched it, I wasn't even into like the characters, comedy, whatever. I was watching it purely from a technical standpoint, going like, this doesn't look like Toy Story or none of these other movies that are about toys. It really looked like the real you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I couldn't I was blown Spaceship! away by it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to. I had to watch it. I had to wait, I wait. When it came out on DVD was when I realized, you know, what a great movie it was. Beyond that, because mm-hmm. in the theater I was just like, "Holy crap, that's some great." You know, there's a with all the advances they have in animation, you would think they'd make these animated movies look different from each other, but mostly they don't. You know, like most mm-hmm. of them look kind of the same bouncy, balloony, shiny, cartoony kind of look. You know, that one really did. Like Lego, I don't think as much credit as it gets for being solid, which it is. Don't get enough, well, I, get enough credit I, for technical. You know, I think that Final Fantasy and and Polar Express really made people pull back. You yeah. know. You either go stylized or you really get your crap together and you you put out decent animation that looks human. Um, but if you hit that Uncanny Valley, you've just flushed all that money in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that in the yeah. uh, Christmas movie episode, I think. Yep, yep mm-hmm. we did talk about Uncanny Valley. And uh, uh, Paul, what about you, sir? Lego movie? Uh, it's definitely in my top ten, but not in my top five. Oh, okay. Uh, and Scott, did you have fun during the Lego movie? I did. I did. I wound up seeing it twice because the first night I went, uh, the cinema cafe was so freaking rowdy with kids and drunken pa- and more and and off and actually more than that. No, no, no. More than that were the drunken parents of kids that I can't. That the adults are always worse than kids in that audiences. I could, that I couldn't follow. That, that I couldn't follow. So I wound up seeing the movie twice. But I, I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, it's not in my top, uh, but mm-hmm. it's, but it was a very good movie, and I completely respect anybody's placement on this list because it was bright, it was colorful, it was funny. Uh, as uh, as uh, uh, as uh, Andrew and uh, Adams and Brad said, that it was it took the Legos and actually put it in what looked like a, a real Lego universe, and of course that's great because of how it all ties together in the end. And uh, I thought it was—I just thought it was a very well done done film. I, that was that, that was uh, that was a, a perfect opportunity of taking what was—I mean, 
basically on its surface just the most basic product placement commercial as a movie and then and going back and saying no honestly we're going to do something ori- completely original with it that isn't that mm-hmm. that isn't just marketing new toys and uh, they did a good job i thought yeah. but they well, did I, still I, cover it all i mean they covered yeah. all the, the the superheroes the 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 oh, city sure. yeah i mean they still well, did that well sure you do that because that's part of the universe and everything yeah. like that and uh, and they did a good uh, job with that and they and they did a great job integrating it yeah absolutely well, and for me, I mean, they've done other Lego movies, and this one didn't feel like those. This one really did feel separate. You know, it didn't feel like they were doing a movie version of, say, one of the Lego video games either. It it felt like they actually put thought and time into the film. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about the movie is that they utilized the, the types of kits, and that was more of the dad's mentality. And right. then you look at all the created things, which are now the Lego movie kits that you can get, that are the kids' perspective on what, you know, creativity is, being able to meld that together in a storyline, and then in the end, it's more or less, it's a connection between father and son. And it just, it kind of hits home with me with my kids and always playing Legos and always having a Sunday fun day of doing those same things. You know, the kids wanted to stick to the kits and the books. Um, uh, oddly enough, it was vice versa for us, but and then I, here I am building all these things with uh, thousands of Legos on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. How did you do that? And it's like, well, you just got to use your imagination, you know? And yeah. I really enjoy that that aspect of the movie. It, it really touches home, especially when you have children that really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, Honorable Son number one and Honorable Son number two both enjoyed the film, and they love Legos. In fact, they got Legos, and what they like to do is they'll build the kit first. Mm-hmm. The, the follow the directions, mm-hmm. and then the next day they will modify it. They will take it apart. They will take pieces and add things to it or remove things from it, uh, and and mix it around. And I love that because they put it together so they have all the parts because they want to make sure they have all the parts. And then when they're done, it totally becomes something different. And mm-hmm. they will sit there, especially son number two. They will sit there for hours building something with Legos. Legos are an amazing toy and they really captured the spirit of the toy I thought in the film uh, again for me yeah, it wasn't top five uh, top ten but it was still probably one of the most enjoyable films mm-hmm. of 2014 for me uh, you know maybe not have been a best of in the top ten but it was still a very entertaining and enjoyable film that everyone who's ever played with Legos would get something out of and they managed to work in a number of pop culture references as well uh, with it, and it still have it fit because it those are, are things were kits in the Lego universe. So it's not like they just threw it in there because, I mean, those Star Wars references they do have Star Wars Lego kits. The you know, the, mm-hmm. the Marvel Avengers, all of those. You know, it's uh, yeah, and it prided itself on featuring the first superhero movie to feature Wonder Woman. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? The very the, the first time you actually get to see an iconic super heroine on screen and they make her out of plastic. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Half the women they put in movies are made out of plastic too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yes. And Brad, uh, what are one of the uh, best of 2014 for you? Uh, you know, uh, I had to put uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier uh, on the top of my list. Nice. Um, it was, well one, I'm a huge comic nerd. I'm not even going to lie about that. Um, so I was really kind of excited to see it, to see what they did with taking it 
in the direction of being a spy thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, really kind of elevated to me what a comic movie can be. It wasn't, hey, check out, you know, Steve Rogers is wearing this outfit. Now he's wearing this outfit as a blatant, you know, toy grab for money. Um, it was done intelligently. It set up a lot of things, and it also saved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> um, you know, being the self-admitted comic nerd, uh, I, you know, I enjoyed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it was just like, God, it's like you're missing something. And then the then Captain America came out, and it's like it exploded, and they actually got to do the things that they needed to do to make that show be what it needed to be. So it was nice to see them have such a serious film that did a lot of things that dovetailed into another medium of television and and all worked together. And, God, not a... It, not a bad performance in that movie at all. I mean, everything everything that was done had a purpose. I can't think of a single theme, you know, scene where I went, eh, you know. Um, Falcon was... God, Falcon in the comics was horrible. It was just, <laughs> you know, it was... It, he, he had a suit that had wings on it. And he would, <laughs> he would jump and he would fly. And he may or may not have had a mutant power to talk with his red – he had like a red falcon that was his sidekick um, mm. that – was just stupid. Um, but they did do a number of Captain America comics that had falcon. It was like you know, Cap, uh, Cap, Captain and Falcon or something like right. that, Captain America and Falcon. Mm-hmm. Isn't he the so, current Captain America in the comics right now? Or He is now, yes. Yes, that's what I thought. Um, but so, you know, God, everybody's had a chance. I mean, yeah. Christ, I think Bruce Fanner's had a turn even. Yeah. It's, just, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Miles Morales um, is going to be the next Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they pass that around like a bottle at a frat party. <laughs> um, it's it's sad. Um but with what they did with the costume, I mean, everything that they have done to take a lame idea and make it actually function, have purpose, they did in this film. Falcon's right. costume, he's actually, he was a paratrooper that had a, uh, you know, a, a different style, sort of a wing, sort of jetpack system. And... And his code name was Falcon. So I mean, they, it it had purpose. It had it was interesting. The character was interesting. Um, God, it, it Black Widow, Scarlett yeah. Johansson putting in another. Oh, so good. Give, n- now would have been the perfect time to give her her own movie based on where she ends up. No, ends up on this, the end of this movie. It's such a fascinating character mm-hmm. arc for her. To, to, to see the Russo brothers put in this movie, be a spy thriller, after I was done seeing this, I'm like, where the fuck is Scarlett Johansson's movie? Just like you said. Yeah. It can mm-hmm. be done now. We've, we've seen her do a great performance in The Avengers. Her performance in Iron Man wasn't so great, but I don't think that... She I was kind of on the periphery in that one. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't written for that. It was no, kind of giving you a glimpse of her, but... Yeah, it was a tease, like, you know. But when when she was given the room to maneuver and do something, it was great. Now, yeah. 
Lucy, <laughs> uh, horrible film, but uh, to, to, to see her have like a purpose and have a great script to work with and a good cast to work around. Um, God, there's so many good things about that film. I yeah. loved it. Well, well done. Uh, Cap 2. Uh, Paul, what about you, sir? Uh, I agree. Uh, almost everything that Brad said, uh, I agree with. Uh, I would add that uh, also this movie really does open up the possibility of the Marvel Cinematic Universe having like more more different diverse stories because this proves yeah. that it doesn't have to be a superhero movie like what we've seen. It doesn't have to be Avengers. It can be whatever it wants to be. And I just love that idea because it, it's going to make much, much better movies, much richer stories. Cap, yep. Cap 2 definitely felt like an old-school spy film. This easily, you change superheroes <laughs> around to James Bond. This easily could have been a Bond-type film complete with supercomputer. What about you, Andrew? Are you oh, on this one? I'm, a, I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not a, uh, hey, look, there's Tony. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> He's done it again. Cap, what was I saying? Two. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not an episodic type person. Every time I see a movie that's a sequel or something in the next in the series, I never remember what happened in the movie before. I watch each one as its own movie. So I'm not looking for it to be just like some other medium that it was in. I'm like, is this movie good or not? You know, can I just watch it as a good movie? And the Captain America Winter Soldier was damn good movie. There's parts of it. I saw it when it came out, and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's parts of it that I still remember. You know what I'm saying? It's a man-out-of-time story. I love man-out-of-time stories. It was so cool. It's, it's literally a movie about – it's not a superhero thing to me. It's about a guy who's not living in the right time. You know, He's not a part yeah. of whatever else is going on. And it's not like Encino Man, man-out-of-time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's it's actual got like heart to it, man. And there's a part. Bite your tongue! I loved Encino Man. No, no, no. I like Encino Man too, and actually no, I like I, Lucy a lot too. I think Lucy was very good, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I, you know what? I loved so, Lucy. I loved Lucy too. I it love Lucy. I 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 love yeah, no, I I thought uh, there's a part where the Winter Soldier and Captain America are talking to each other, and it's like you know the, you know what I'm talking about like something's blowing up or they're falling or one of them's about to die or one of those intense scenes where like I still remember I don't know the details but I still remember going like man that's a good part that's a good part of the movie <laughs> so yeah I'm all about it I thought it was one of the better one of the better summer movies, you know, because of work, I got to go see them all, and that was one of the better ones I remember. Def- definitely. Uh, Cap 2, uh, Irv, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I enjoyed it. I can't t- say any more than anyone's already said. Sure. I haven't seen uh, it before. Again, uh, I, said, I think I said most of it already, but I agree with what they said. It's not on my list. <laughs> but it's not like a top five or anything like that. But it was a really, it was a really good movie uh, that was done early in the year and made me hopeful for what would come in summer. And uh, virtually none of the summer movies were as good as Captain America Two. So <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was, it wasn't one of my top 
20, I will say, for Cap 2. I, I really enjoyed it better than I thought it would. I didn't think they would go in that direction they did. And uh, for those of you who didn't catch it, Tony Estrada, Tiger Power, has joined us, sir. Woo-hoo! Tiger Power! Uh, glad to have you yeah. here, Tony. Uh, what are your, uh, just some quick thoughts on Cap 2. Awesome. It's going to be easily, I could see myself putting it either somewhere in my top 10 or top 15. It's definitely going to be somewhere in there for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely surprised me because of especially what Marvel has been putting out recently with yeah. kind of your standard, I know I'm going to get slammed, but some of the comic book films they came out with their licenses were kind of your basic superhero type stories, and this one wasn't. It, it easily could have been not a superhero story because you could replace it with just a few characters, tweak it just a little, yeah. and it could have easily been yeah. just a super spy. Yeah, it was a, it was a spy movie. It's definitely my second favorite superhero film of the year. It was, it was, it was like basically superheroes versus the parallax view. So, (laughs) it was was no Return of Swamp thing, but it was pretty damn. No, I love love Return. That's for real. That's the best comic book movie I've ever seen. It's 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 for real. I'm not even. I hope everyone's doing much love. Absolutely, I. The day Ghostbusters yeah. 2 came out, I said, fuck Ghostbusters, and I went to see Return of Swamp Thing. I was the only one in the theater, and I didn't care. <laughs> Me too, I Scott. It would have been, yeah. I would have been in there if, you, if I had a living. Think, I think you almost hurt Brad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'll be okay. <sighs> God, I love that. Just, keep, awesome. just breathe in and out, Brad. Just much loved, in and much out. loved it, Jim and company. That was a great movie. Shit, yeah. And Andrew, I hope everyone had a good Christmas. <laughs> oh, we did. We did. Thank Tony. you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you, you too. That. And, uh, Andrew, uh, what was one of your top for 2014? My top for 2014 is a movie called Wetlands from the fine people of Germany. And if you've not heard of Wetlands, I'll tell you a little bit about it. It is a film about a young lady who uh, cuts herself rather severely during an adventurous shaving session on a part of her anatomy that is not the vagina. She ends up in the hospital, and um, she she, she extends her stay in the hospital a password she should be there in order to reunite her mother and father who are divorced. And it becomes a rather heartbreaking um, story that looks like it's going to be just some gross-out comedy at the beginning. I was so looking forward to it. The fine people at Strand Releasing hooked me up with the screener of it. It will be out on DVD in January. And um, I could not possibly say enough about how much I loved it. If you're a fan of train spotting. This is the closest thing I think I've ever seen to train spotting and in its ability to capture like gross out humor and yet just just soul crushing drama and great character stuff. I mean it has everything I want in a movie. I couldn't believe it because there's stuff in Wetlands. They're advertising it as this yucky like body gross out uh, comedy. If you've seen the trailer, they focus yeah. on the fact that she's obsessed with her vagina and the way it, you know, the, the odors mm-hmm. of the feminine, whatever. You know, I mean, they use that to sell it, and they got me because I think that stuff is fantastic. But you can't make an entire movie out of that, even if you're trauma. And it turns out Wetlands is actually really, really smart filmmaking, and it's 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 like I would consider like award worthy filmmaking. It's so brilliant. Uh, the acting is. You know, you can't make a movie like this with crappy acting in order to sell something like that in in any capacity other than a gross-out movie. 
I am completely in love with Wetlands. As soon as I watched it, I started it again and watched it all the way through again because I literally could not believe how what a transcendent experience it was. Well, yeah, see, I saw the trailer for it as well, and I wasn't quite sure on it. It looked interesting, but again, like you said, the way they were selling it, that com- sounds like a completely different movie from the way they were selling it at it's all. It's beautiful. It's uh, so much more than you would ever... I mean, I told the lady at Strand, I'm like, you guys, no one knows, and no one's going to know. Uh, it's going to be a cult movie is what it's yeah. going to be. Um, and unfortunately, I don't know if they didn't have the money to advertise right or didn't you know, have anybody there that could figure out a campaign for it. Or maybe they rightly so figure that you know, as an Oscar contender, it's just not they couldn't get the Academy or anybody past all the, you know, the butthole stuff, let's be honest about it. But man, <laughs> it um God, I I'm still thinking about it now and I saw it, you know, months ago. So a- anyone else here seen Wetlands at all? Just the trailer. Uh, yeah, I've never watched. even heard of it until Andrew just mentioned it ten seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he. I was a. Uh, I was really bitching and moaning on Facebook the other night about how much I hated 2014 as a year for movies, and uh, he said, "Oh, you haven't seen Wetlands yet." <laughs> and not having anything to do, <laughs> having much knowledge of the movie, I immediately said, "Okay, mental note: see Wetlands when you get a chance because right. it's probably got something to offer. It's either going to be." Uh, it's either going to be really impressive or it's going to be something I'm not going to be interested in at all, but it's going to be completely different from anything else because Andrew likes it. <laughs> I mean, thank you. You have to, you have to, st- you have to stick with it. You have to, you have to wait through it because tonally it's not, a, you know, it's like a lot of foreign cinema. It's to- the tone is not consistent the way it is a lot right. of times with American cinema. You know, we have to pick something and stick with it, damn it. But like, you know, <laughs> you, you have to give it, let it be whatever it is. And what it is is just, I mean, like, I'm sitting here now thinking I'm not selling it right to you guys. Like, I, I would not have wanted to have been the marketing person for this movie because I am i can't do it justice with words. It's just, uh, you know, I've, I, I've seen a lot of great movies this year, and my top ten, honestly, was hard to make because uh, I had I started out with 30 movies. But I was like, sure. what really, really, what is, like, the movie that to me just, like, was the most original and that just was blew my mind, like, way past my expectations? It was Wetlands. Awesome. I'll definitely have to put that on the list, keep an eye on it for 2015 to see it. Strand will be glad that you did. (laughs) And Paul, what about you? One of your uh, top films for 2014? Um, Well, Captain America 1 was already already picked. That was number two. But my number one is uh, Big Hero 6. Hey, all right. Big Hero 6. Uh, Oh, that's a really good one. The Marvel animated film out. Uh, what did you like about Big Hero Six? Well, uh, first of all, kudos to uh, Disney for actually taking one of the Marvel IPs that they own and and basically not set it in the cinematic universe. I thought that was very nice, and it was actually kind of uh, refreshing to see uh, kind of a kids' version, you know, an animated. But I still think the movie had a lot for adults as well. Uh, I thought the voice acting was wonderful. Uh, the the whole relationship between um, the the kid and Baymax was just I mean wow, I I got a little teary eyed at the uh, end of the movie, uh, and still it, it ended happily, which is I know some people don't like movies that do that, but I kind of enjoy movies that make me feel really good when I leave. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, that's why same I, here. Yeah. 
it's nothing wrong with it. Well, especially with an animated film too. Animated films, there's nothing wrong with it ending happily. Exactly. Uh, you know, and Big Hero Six definitely has a little bit of something for everyone. Uh, Brad, what'd you think of Big Hero Six? Uh, you know, that was on my list of things to take my son to, but uh, didn't oh. make it yet. Oh, seen it yet. you are it... a bad dad. It's <laughs> 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 out on DVD in February. So oh. I just, oh. just, oh. just, no, just that's, kidding. Just that's, that's, kidding. That's on a long list of things. So, yeah, you know, no, that's. <laughs> You forget where we live. We live in the middle of Cowhump, Wisconsin, Brad and I, so getting a selection of films up here to stay longer than a day is tough enough as it is. So, And all that cowhumping, it's hard, hard to find time. It is, really. It's yeah, either humping or tipping. I'll, I'll lay off the cowhumping, right? <laughs> I, 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 Adam, did you, did you see Big yeah, Six? Fortunately, I was able to take my kids to see this in the theater, and I think this is a great theater experience. Um, if you're looking for something that's going to make you laugh, but yet also give you that, that sentimental feeling of what family really means and, and what it means to lose somebody in your life, that this is the kind of movie for you. Um, every kid likes the deedle-deedle. <laughs> um, I thought that was kind of hokey, but um, for me, I think the best part of that movie in general was the, the main, main storyline that Disney was able to take something um, out of that universe and put it into an animated thing. So. I agree in that end, but I also really like the short in the beginning feast. That was really cool. The whole feast, yeah, the, the short oh, in the yeah. beginning with the puppy. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always something about those short animates put in the front of movies, and they just add to the DVD that really accentuate that because you kind of are familiar with that short to that movie. You know, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, the short, the short was really good, and Disney really has hit well with the shorts. I, I really enjoy it because with those shorts that they've been doing lately, they've been taking a cue from Up!, and basically their shorts don't really have any dialogue, yet they tell a very heart, either heartbreaking or kind of teary or misty or emotional story, at least, without any words. You just have to think and watch, and the way it's presented. Yeah, and needless to say, any any animated movie that's got T.J. Miller as a voice in it, I'm game, because yeah. voice is perfect for animation. Um, no, I love Big Hero 6, man. It was cool, you know, it was like uh, the first, like, true... You know, because now Disney owns Marvel. You're like, what are they gonna do together? Like, how's this gonna be? What's it gonna be like? You know, you've got to, You can't. You can't come up short your first time. You know, you've got. And plus, everybody, most people know uh, that Pixar is kind of Disney at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, they right. own Pixar owns the Disney animation. So like, this was kind of stacked up against like what Pixar's been doing lately. And I thought it could. I thought it stands uh, well with the Pixar movies. I thought it was. Uh, Fantastic, and I thought it was interesting to read later because I I didn't know much about. Like I said, I'm not a comic book guy, but I do. I'm responsible for writing movie previews before I see them uh, for work. So I was just like, I did a little research about Big Hero Six and where it came from, and I was like, wow, that Baymax character is nothing like what I saw in that trailer, you know. So how are the the fans going to react to this? But then I remembered, oh right, comics and movies are two different things. Screw them. And yeah. uh, I just again, I did the same thing with Captain America. I watched it like, on its own merit. As a movie, and I thought it was super cool. And there's actually, I don't know if uh, I hope you guys stayed for the end of the credits because there's a you know they still did they still they still did the Marvel thing at the end where they have a a post credits uh, little little movie there a little scene there rather. 
And um, I thought it was uh, fantastic. And it's a neat way for kids that shouldn't maybe see things that are really intense, like Iron Man. I, I think I remember reading an interview with Terry Crews where he said his little son got too upset watching Iron Man because of the action and all the violence and stuff like that. I think it's great that there's now going to be movies that little kids can watch because they want to see superhero stuff, but they aren't ready for the, the super violent PG-13 stuff that uh, you know typifies the Marvel movies. It's a wonderful, wonderful drop of the, uh, what do you ever call it, the setting the gauntlet down. Sure. Yeah, it, it is definitely a gauntlet uh, being dropped and expectations. Uh, I'd like. I'm excited to see what they're going to come out with next, as far as an animated Marvel uh, property. Tony, uh, any thoughts on Big Hero? I really liked it. Um, so far, it is my favorite animated movie. Not like a perfect movie to me, but as terms of the animated films that did hit me, this is the one that did uh, hit me the most you know i love the animation i thought the storyline was very well done you know the little relationship between hero and baymax you know that was <clears throat> that was very well done i thought the action was very well paced it was very exhilarating um you know everyone had like their own little reasons behind the storyline like the villain in the movie you know he has reason for be for what he's doing in the movie and of course that end credit scene is one of the funniest end credit scenes I've ever seen in a movie. So overall, I guess I really liked Big Hero Six. Yeah, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it too. My kids actually enjoyed it as well. Uh, you know what? It had a Scooby Doo feel to it. Scott, did you think that this had a Scooby Doo feel to it? Did you see it? I absolutely thought that. I haven't seen the movie. I can't tell you. Oh. <laughs> but any, I wanted what? to see the movie and I missed it. So. I mean, Big Hero Six versus Dinosaur Island. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> how how were the tits in Big Hero Six? How were the tits? I mean, the hot tub scene was was kind of up there, you know. Yeah, it was a hot tub scene. Yeah, hot tub scene. And any of you guys who have seen it, didn't it have a Scooby-Doo feel to it? I mean, down to the the Mr. Jenkins behind the mask sort of feel. I mean, not in a bad way. I mean, in a good way. But it, it felt like a, a superhero. Scooby-Doo movie. Honestly, dude, the reveal in most movies, like the the explanation, always makes me think of (laughs) (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Always. Because that's always my least favorite part of a story. It's like, well, now the cool stuff's over. Now we're just going to get, you know what I'm saying? Might as well leave. I will say that uh, I enjoyed this movie. Unless there's a hot tub, you know. (laughs) Yeah, unless there's a hot tub. And a dinosaur. Yeah. And an island in Michelle Bauer. I'm there sorry. What? <laughs> enjoyed Big Hero Six, and it was the closest uh, experience I felt, close to The Incredibles, as you probably have gotten out of an animated film. Uh, it, it very similar, very similar feel in that. Not in a bad way either. I'm just saying that that I got excited and into. Uh, as far as animated, and I will agree too, it's probably best animated film that has come out that I've seen, next to How I Train Your Dragon too. But uh, we'll get to that. Uh, but <coughs> definitely on the top there uh, for animated films that come out this past year, but for recent years, especially for Disney. But what's also interesting about the film is how was it, it was differently marketed in Japan versus how it was marketed here. Because in Japan, they really focused on the on the hero uh, Baymax interaction and mm-hmm. and then the the loss of the family member and stuff like that they focused really on that if you watched any of those trailers that they had in Japan 
that's what they were focusing on. Whereas the ones in America were more of the action-packed ones, <laughs> which you know, superhero-based. Kind of like what you were saying. I think they were, you know, with the Scooby-Doo type of action. I think maybe that's what they were trying to do. Is okay, like you know, American audiences have to have that kind of like connection because obviously the comic origins of it was a you know Asian superhero group. You yeah. Know? So <laughs> they, they kind of had to like put some westernization into the film so that it would be uh you know accepted mm-hmm. by the audiences in America so yeah it's it's interesting how they market those differently overseas <laughs> well in general it, you know they the name goes before the title overseas yep. it, it always does i mean they they market it towards who's in it necessarily not exactly what the film's about, like those action films especially. So well, the movie was uh, called Baymax in Japan. It wasn't even called yeah. Six. <laughs> well it does so, to be fair has more lines of resolution than VHS. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Betamax. Betamax. <laughs> wop, 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 wop. It was a better it was a better higher quality format, you know. It's it, a it, fact. It is a fact. I mean, so. if you've seen the dirt bike kid on Betamax, I mean there's just <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. Scott, how about you, sir? One of your top films for 2014. Do you want the top or like one of the tops? Or no, just know. one of the tops. You can give your number one if you'd like. I'll give my. I guess I'll give my number because everybody else is giving their number one, so I'll give my number one. And it's a weird thing because, like I said, I wasn't too impressed with 2014. I thought it was a really underwhelming year. Lots of mediocre films. Uh, not necessarily a lot of bad ones, just mediocre ones, which I actually think is worse than a year full of bad movies. I, because I hate being bored more than anything else, and you know I'm usually you know I'm looking back at some of the things I've given in recently years. Like I think my top movie from 2013 was Byzantium. My top one from 2012 was Perks of Being a Wallflower. So a lot of the films I pick are like kind of like these intimate films, and I'm loath to pick kind of a big event film for any of these things. But this year. Even though I haven't seen a lot of the other films that are still coming out in limited release, the best thing I saw all year was Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. Nice. It's absolutely, and it, it is an event film that actually is quite intimate because... No, I'm serious about this. Who are been... you, Scott? <laughs> Scott Davis. That's why you don't have your your screen up. This is this is a prank call. Prank call. I did a big eighteen hundred word piece on this damn thing. I first of all, I am a fan of the series. I loved the first installment that like made like my number two or three that year. Uh, Catching Fire didn't place. This one is at the top right now. Because of it was so, I thought it it took it, and a lot of people kind of complain. They say it's a, oh well, it's kind of just like a a rev up for the next big installment. And which is, I've read the book. Yeah, it's it, it, the next one is going to be bigger. Body's going to be everywhere, yo. But um, <laughs> the um, looking at this thing, and it starts out so opposite of a big event movie. It has some. It starts off with your big hero, sh- like shivering, quaking, terrified in a cramped little space because she wants to get away from all the insanity inside of her. It was about like it was about the uh, effect that war and uh, hardship can really take on people. And what was so amazing was how the, how this film which was pretty much about them now they're out <laughs> of the games and there's this 
uh, revolution that's starting to take place, but they need to start this revolution. They need to make sure that people aren't going to grow apathetic and it's kind of going to wane. You know, it kind of like a lot of our protests now. We've now got stuff in the United States where we've got lots and lots of protests going around. But you know what? After a few months, people tend to forget about it. Occupy Wall Street, they're not really occupying much anymore. Uh, Black Lives Matter, yes, they do, for now. And then in a few months, it's, it's going to matter more if that people can get stay inside and watch the season premiere of The Walking Dead, you know, <laughs> it, which I think is bad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know. It's uh, – and so they want to make sure that it's going to, you know, not people aren't going to get apathetic. They so they create, they try to create propaganda, and they try to keep thinking. And when they create the propaganda campaign, did you guys see this movie? The propaganda campaign is indistinguishable from the advertising used to advertise the Hunger Games series. <laughs> I was just blown away by that. I was like, oh my god. The it's good, it, it goes like it's got like a two-tiered thing. It's going along with this idea that's been since the first film, which is that um, it's all about influence. It's about getting people to like you. It's about playing to a crowd. Uh, whether it's that's you or not, and that's she's kind of probably horrified to find that this is still the case when you're trying to change the world. And on the other thing, it's it's a commentary about how all propaganda is advertising and everything. I think that was just fascinating, and the way it showed this, the it, I loved that it was a setup because this it, it allowed people them to show these people and the emotional toll this is taking on everybody. And it was just a really fascinating piece. I'm like, I just like, I'm looking at this thing, like, I can't believe this is the big event Thanksgiving movie because this is really, this is gets really, you know, emotional and personal. And I was, I was so impressed by it. Of course, Jennifer Lawrence is fantastic. The entire cast is fantastic. Uh, Francis Lawrence, who I've never really counted much as a director, honestly. Uh, actually, finally did a really great movie, and I'm totally on board for part two. So, see, and I, I loved, I loved Girl on Fire. I loved uh, Catching Fire more than this one. A lot. And, I've heard that. I've and, heard that. And the reason is, I've, I I haven't seen part two yet, nor have I read the book. But I said well, this I in my review, two, yeah. uh, is that it still felt like they could have made one really good solid film in you know i'm not for this splitting up the last whatever into two parts i am i am i am when i am when it's when it's okay when it's not when it, you can see them actually doing something like for instance hobbit yeah i have no reason that should be more than one movie yeah uh but this, uh, the, but twi see, the, twi the, twi the Twilight series, where you know whatever your opinion of the movies, the entire first movie was like basically her knocked up and getting married, eh. you know. But this, <laughs> but this one, you know, the, the, even the last Harry Potter, like, nah, they didn't need all that. Uh, it was a bunch of wandering around. Um, but this one was like, as soon as they said, yeah, it's gonna be two movies. I says, oh, I, and I tried to read the book before I. Especially this is true of like the young adult films, which I think are kind of interesting. Actually, is I try to read the book before I see the movie, uh, and I read the book, and as soon as they said it's going to be two movies, I says, "Oh, I know exactly where they're going to split it up," mm -hmm. because it felt like because because that was the the moment where you said it becomes a different movie at that point. Sure. It becomes a different story, 
And this becomes a much, 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 much bigger uh, story where they're going into the, they're going to be going into the districts and taking them over one sure, by one and sure. all this stuff. And that's completely different than this, showing this very, very gradual realization that this is the person that I'm going to need to become. Right. My God, all I want to do is just get away from this horror, but this is the person I'm going to need to become. Yeah. This is the role that's been forced upon me, and I can either run away from it or accept it. Uh, I thought that was just a. F- I, I thought to focus a two-hour movie on it, and thank you that it is a two-hour movie and not a two-and-a-half, three-hour movie, Hobbit. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but that it's just a nice, tight two-hour movie that they were able to do this, and it felt this is a very personal character arc, and it happened to be an event movie, so who knew? Uh, Tony, uh, your feelings on the Mockingjay at all? <clears throat> I thought it was good. Um, I agree with you, Mark. Um, I do prefer Catching Fire, but just a little bit more. I still do think overall uh, part one, it was definitely very well done. Um, I, I don't like it when it's split into two parts, though, because especially when you have to review a movie, it's all like it's hard to review half a movie when I prefer to just review a whole movie as a whole. So I guess that's the only thing I didn't like about part one, just by reviewing half of it. But I did think it was good. You know, I liked the storyline. It kept me interested. You know, I still thought most of the performances were very well done. And um, I'm sure the buildup will pay off once we see part two, because I'm sure part two, that's when we're going to get, you know, more action from there, more intense situations going on. So maybe I'll appreciate this a little bit more once I see part two. But for now, I will still say I, I think it's a good movie overall. I, I can understand why people will get underwhelmed by it. I really do. But I, I liked it as a whole, so I like it. Cool. Brad, did you see Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1? Um, you know, I, I have not seen Catching Fire yet. So oh, I, okay. So you got to uh-huh. catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, did you see Part 1? Uh, the hypocrisy! Uh, Behold it in all its glory! <laughs> I um after I watched the uh, the second one, I went out and bought the books, and I'm in the middle of reading them. I want to I want to get through the books before I finish the last uh, movies. It's right. a good it's that's a good idea. As good it's as the good, movies yeah. are, as good as Lawrence's and everybody, that's a that's that's the way to go. I think. Yeah, I'm a huge huge fan of books that are put into movies, but I'd rather read the book first, you know and. That uh, was kind of when you brought up uh, Perks, again, uh, uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. I, yeah. I haven't read that book yet, and I want to go back and read that book and watch that movie again, because I own that on Blu-ray as well, and out of the many 7,000 DVDs I have. But Jesus, um, yeah, that, 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 that movie was like, uh, you take, you take, the, you take the, the weird shit with the ant from that movie out, and uh, that, was, that, that movie was basically like, Scott's Life Story, circa 1994. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. That was really, I'm like, I just said, like, said to all my friends, like, so, so like, when you met me 20 years ago, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of like what oh, I was going through. Back. <laughs> not to jump back to Wetlands, but going back to other movies where it's narrated by the individual talking about their life and what they went through and that experience. Those are another movies that kind of really jump up on my list of movies to watch, too. So mm, sure, i got to sure. go back and read the books here before I watch those. Mockingjay Part 1 and 2. Sure, sure. And uh, Andrew, what about you, sir? Mockingjay? Oh, before I say something about Hunger Games, I want to say something about Perks of Being a Wallflower, which I absolutely loved. Uh, before, the, uh, before the show, we were talking about Monroeville Mall. 
Mm-hmm. If you're uh, in the Pittsburgh area, the uh, King's Family Restaurant that's, that was featured in a scene in Perks of Being a Wallflower, they are all about the fact that that King's Family Restaurant was featured in Perks. And <laughs> there is a sign above the booth that the characters sat in in the movie that says, Perks of Being a Wallflower, they sat in this booth. You could go and sit in that booth. If you were like, I you know like it's funny I'm just gonna like, get in there like I'm I'm gonna get my butt in this booth where Emma Watson was. <laughs> yeah, no, they are so stoked about like it's a lot. I've never seen a. I'm sitting a, in Emma Watson's butt dent. <laughs> I've never I've never seen a place more more specific about where parts of a movie were shot in it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a sign. It's like a it's not like a hand drawn thing. It's something they had printed up. Oh, wow. Is like is, like is, it's is, got it, a big it, arrow it, from the ceiling. Know, you know, I I grew up in I grew up in Jersey, and ev- it seemed like every fifty yards you'd find see like a tree or an old inn, and it had a sign that said George Washington slept here. Is <laughs> it kind of like that? You know, it's like it's every, the same thing. It's like every fucking place they found like where George Washington slept. You you just look around, and say like Jesus Christ, how we win the damn war? <laughs> Put your face what close. A, George Washington farted on this chair. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what a what a shifty bastard! He just sleeping everywhere. Did he get anything done ever? <laughs> no, uh, so so Hunger Games. I I am a I'm a I'm a big usual like see the first one and not any of the other ones kind of guy. So I saw the first one and I Scott I believe I I uh, I may have sent you my review of the original movie. I thought it was you fantastic. did and I liked it. I and I loved your review. And yeah, so I, I, was I, like, I was like I was like oh thank God. <laughs> yeah, I look I'm, forward to I'm catching not, up I'm, on the movies. I'm not, but, I'm not just yeah. the weird I'm not just the weird guy with the Jennifer Lawrence Pinterest page. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, to I be love clear, it. you are. <laughs> I'm I'm thankful that uh, that such a such a series exists and to hear that it's so good, and um, I eventually will. I'm sure I'll catch up with them. But I, yeah. I did love that first one, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. in the Twilight landscape and all these other you know young adult series that are popular, that something like Hunger Games is actually out there doing all the things you've said that it does. It makes me. Oh happy. yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just real it's 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 a it's aimed towards young adults and I think that that moniker is actually kind of a I I I think it's inappropriate these days no matter what the Well, I'm using was. the bookstores. No, no, you know, no, no, no. I no, I mentioned that when I was doing the, I mentioned that when I was writing the review. I said it's like, "Geez, do we even call them this anymore because they're tackling issues that a lot of adult-oriented films <coughs> won't go within 100 yards of." Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was really amazed by it. Paul, Paul what about you, sir? Hunger Games, Mockingjay? Because I didn't have Movie Pass at the time, I did not watch it. Oh, okay. Mm. So, uh, for me, Movie I Pass. Guess, <laughs> movie Pass. Lilo <laughs> Movie Pass. Pass. I have one, too. I have one, Nachos too. good. That's right. I call, it, uh, I call it my Lilo Movie Pass. Um, for me, I got mine, too. Yeah. I, I enjoyed... I enjoyed Catching Fire more, uh, but I did like the dark tone. I liked the dark tone that the director took this story in that you needed. I, the one thing I didn't like about the first one, it felt like it was handling, even as intense as it was, it still felt like it was being handled like Chris Columbus. So, uh, you know, the fact that uh, they went darker that you needed it to go, I really, I really liked that, that they went that dark with the story, you know, and especially the director handling the multiple storylines well, and I'm looking forward to part two. Hopefully part two, uh, I'm hoping, really comes off uh, uh, strong for a strong finish. So, uh, But Mockingjay, uh, 
part one. Excellent uh, choice there, Mr. Scott Davis. And Tony, what about you, sir? Uh, what was one of your top for 2014? Um, just like one of my or like my number one? You can give your number one. I think everybody here pretty much gave their... Was I their gave number my one. number one, Tony. Yes. Why don't you, sir? <laughs> there you go. You're going to do a number one or a number two on us, sir? Oh, yes. oh, okay. Don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35, 45 minutes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this became a German film. Yeah. <laughs> it was already talking about wetlands, you know? It's going to get wet here. <laughs> really wet. Scheiser, I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you give your number one? I think everybody here gave their number one, so why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I'll go ahead and say my number one favorite of this year. Um, my number one favorite of this year um, is a movie that I know is not for everyone. I can understand why, but honestly, my favorite of this year is Interstellar. Oh, nice. I really love this movie. Um, you know, as many great films there were this year, in my opinion... No movie has blown my mind to a whole lot of, like, level of just blowing my mind away like Interstellar did. You know, um, I'm probably going to say the same thing that I said in the Interstellar discussion that we did a month ago and basically in my movie review, but the visual effects, I mean, calling that phenomenal to me is like an understatement. I was blown away to a whole nother degree with the visual effects. I love the storyline. I I loved how ambitious it was. I loved the risks that Christopher Nolan took, how much passion he had for the project. I loved the acting. There were even moments where I was even crying, especially that moment when, you know, when Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper had to say goodbye to his little daughter. I think that's the moment that made me cry the most out of the whole movie. And even the score to Hans Zimmer, especially like when they're in outer space, like just how his score meshes in with the, with like when they're going into the wormhole, for example, or when they're going into another planet, you know, just moments like that look absolutely spectacular to me. So Interstellar, I, I can't stress this movie enough. I love this movie a whole lot. It's one of the best science fiction movies I've ever seen, and it is my favorite movie of this year. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed that movie uh, so much. Uh, uh, you know, definitely it was in my top, uh, it was in my top 10 uh, movies. That was for sure of favorite films. Uh, we have all, if you haven't caught it, uh, you can catch the episode where we discuss in depth on Interstellar. But anyone have anything uh, briefly they want to add to uh, about Interstellar? Uh, Irv, did you see it? Unfortunately, no, I have not seen it yet. Um, I do plan on seeing it. It is in my queue of movies to receive in the mail, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I think, uh, who wasn't here for the Interstellar episode? Well, I have something to say about Interst uh, not necessarily the movie, but about Tony's endorsement for it as, as film of the year, if no one else has anything to, that wasn't on the episode to contribute to tonight's uh, discussion. Well, Brad, did you see Interstellar? No, that's uh, oh. while I'm on vacation this week. I'm looking to ah. check it out. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Andrew, yeah, uh, what did you want to add about Tony's uh, <laughs> I just, campaign I, for Interstellar being better? No, I want to say that it's wonderful to hear somebody that was somebody was a mo was moved 
emotionally uh, by cinema. I always love to hear this because, you know, I, I really can't stand the idea that a lot of people my age and younger, unfortunately, and definitely older, get into the movies and they cross their arms just like in the back of the punk clubs <laughs> that I used to see when I was a musician going like, entertain me, I've given my money, entertain me, squire, jump monkey, show me what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be able to lose yourself in art and to be able, you know what I'm saying, to be able to be emotionally moved by it, but not only that, but to admit, to admit that something moved you to tears, to admit that something grabbed your heart and to stand by it like that, I think that kicks the ass of a million people that are out there writing about film that think they know what they're talking about. They don't know jack shit compared to you, Tony, man, and I really love it that you picked that movie, but more so, I'm, I love what you said about it, man. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, Andrew. I do appreciate that. You know, you know, I I always love a good action movie, and I always love a good comedy movie. But you know, when there's a movie that hits me emotionally, it makes me think a lot about what it says about society. You know, uh, Interstellar. I will definitely say it just did a lot of things for me. So, you know, yeah, and you know what? You know what else? It's cinema. Yeah. It's a it's cinema, so if a movie moves me, you know, I'm going to be honest uh, to the hardcore because Interstellar, I even pretty much say, is like a life-changing experience for me. It's true, and that dang McConaughey, I love him, man. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. I'm 125. They stay the same age. <laughs> my name is Matthew. My name is Matthew McConaughey, and I'm enjoying outer space. So yes, right. right. No, I, I like. Them, I like them redheads, I like, man. I like. I like what McConaughey's been doing for the last few years. It seems like to start with around. A, I didn't see Killer Joe, so I can't comment on that. I hear that's awesome. <laughs> I know. Shut up. It's no Texas Chainsaw: <laughs> The Next Generation, but it's pretty damn awesome. But uh, but I. But but uh, like I, I started noticing like around Magic Mike and Mud and stuff that he, he he's somebody who I had always really thought about like I would always consider him like why is he famous all of his damn movies are the same I can't stand them and he like completely said all right well I'll show you what I can do Mr Davis I'm sure what he was saying specifically but it's like he turned around and became like one of the most fascinating fucking actors out there. Within just a few years, I thought Dallas Buyers Club was incredible, and uh, I, I I love him. And I I don't care that he always gets that expression in every movie that looks like he's about to say something, and as he starts to say it, he forgot what it was. <laughs> if you look at every movie, he'll have that one moment where he opens his mouth and then his eyes kind of go to the side, like. Oh, I, I had it. No, he was the. I mean, last year everybody was talking about Dallas, or not Dallas Buyers, which I love. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. McConaughey yeah. to me, that was the best part, other than the jackass scene where he's crawling to the porch. That was the best part about Wolf of Wall Street to me. I thought that yes. was the best part of Wolf of Wall Street. And see, I didn't, I didn't even care for, I didn't even care for Wolf of Wall Street, honestly. But that 15 minutes with Matthew McConaughey was awesome, is wasn't easily it? One of my favorite it's parts fantastic. of the movie. Fantastic, yeah. amazing. Yeah, I could. I, I, that was like the moment where I was in the theater. I'm like, Jesus, he's like showing me up, showing me up, and every other hater left and right, and we fucking deserve it because this guy is capable of doing some really phenomenal shit on film. It, it, is, it, it, is, it is really <laughs> impressive. It is really impressive how he's gone from that obscure kind of odd bongo playing naked guy. <laughs> to... <laughs> 
No, seriously, that's he's how just I like was, me. I, 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 I knew I was it. Working, I was working in television in, in a television news like satellite news gathering agency when that story broke, and everybody <laughs> heard like, yeah, he was arrested for he was arrested for uh, playing the bongos naked, stoned, and and. and they at the next question was the same question they asked for everything. Well, do we have video on it? And yeah. I thought, do you want it? <laughs> but but he's. I gone, wish more actors would do that. Honestly, he's gone. He's gone from that type of kind of obscure actor to proving that he's got the chops, and you know, I think he's got a great resurgence. I mean, I, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, True Detectives, I hear he's phenomenal in. Magic oh, Mike is really good too, man. Magic yeah. Mike's awesome. True Detective is incredible. I gotta see that show. Yeah, show. See, I mean, that, was, uh, that almost, you know, if I wanted to cheat, I could have easily put that among my best films because as far as I'm concerned, it's one story, it's one writer, one director, that's not a show. That's an eight-hour movie. Yeah, it was a miniseries. <laughs> so. Yeah, a lot of people were telling me that how it felt more like an eight-hour movie put together. It is. Yeah. It is because it's all one vision from, from one person, and it's really amazingly fantastic. Well, I'm uh, Interstellar. I'm glad to hear that uh, that movie really moved you, Tony. So. Yeah, that was awesome, uh, Tony. That, that, was that cool. is very cool. Uh, thanks, um, you guys. I appreciate that. See, for me, I hate lists. <laughs> and, all I've seen, and I'm doing an episode about it, but <laughs> I, I dislike lists because just coming up with one favorite for the year, it's, it's tough hard. to do because I love all different genres. And so for me, there's a number of different films that are in the top, depending on your genre. Now, I mean, best overall, uh, you guys probably picked it out from when we did the episode. Birdman, for me, I, I mm-hmm. will say overall, if I had to commit myself to one favorite of the year, best of the year for me that I've seen, and again, I haven't seen a lot of the limited releases either. I wanted to see Whiplash and all of those, but for me, the one that I saw, Birdman for me, was the one that really hit me for best if I have to choose. Uh, And uh, I did the episode that, and you guys can catch uh, that spoiler room episode as well. But I have a few others as well, and uh, I want to get to the worst of, and we have groups here, but I want to just do a few honorable mentions, and I'll get everybody here, uh, get your two other honorable mentions if they haven't been mentioned already. Uh, Just briefly, for me, uh, another great one, obviously, was uh, for entertainment-wise, it was Guardians of the Galaxy. was probably my best for just overall entertaining film. Uh, best action film uh, that that was actually an adult action film was probably John Wick. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say John Wick, and probably my uh, and I'll, I'll throw in one more if you allow me. Uh, it's one that's gotten a lot of beef, but I lo- enjoyed it. Was Maleficent? Okay, uh, that was I, in my top ten. There, yeah, there's there's the, and you, here's Andrew. He's all over that. <laughs> I, I, Maleficent, Maleficent's in my top. 10, 15, if you go by the way I rated it. I've got so many that were really great films this year. I mean, I know you're saying, Scott, that it was mediocre, but... It was a mediocre I, year. I had a, I had trouble picking... Uh, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with the top 10 even this year, but I feel really good about a top 5. 
But so I, let's not like let's not put it too far. No, ahead, no but, but yeah. For, for me, I enjoyed a number of different films for a number of different reasons. I mean, there's the horror films out there. Uh, you know, you've got the Babadook and uh, Housebound, uh, and uh, also the Purge Two. I really loved the Purge Two. A lot of people didn't, but uh, why don't we go down though? Uh, Adam, do you have two other films you like to mention real quick that you thought were really good this year? Um, I really like Someone Mary Berry. Um, I oh, I love that movie. Oh, hell yeah. I love what? Someone Mary Berry. I really, really like... Um, you know, I forgot. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Someone uh, Mary Berry. I really like that. I see more of an independent type film, more of a comedy, romance type you know, drama. But um, uh, Tyler Labine or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, and Lucy. Um, and then uh, it was a, it was a pull off for me between Godzilla and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. There you go. Yeah, but, see, that, that was another one of my favorites too. So yeah. I love both of them. Yeah, mine too. And uh, Brad, what about you, sir? Uh, two honorable mentions for best of. Uh, Book of Life. Yeah, that was in my uh, top ten. Yeah, that was actually a good movie. I, you know, Zoe, like I said, Zoe Saldana did uh, did another movie and another Guillermo uh, del Toro film. Uh, and uh, it was one of the two this year that I liked. The other one mm-hmm. I thought was crap. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and then uh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. The, um, you know, it wasn't the perfect film, but I enjoyed the... They they stayed true to the the material, you mm-hmm. know. There's the, you get the you get the pun that you always got at the end of every short uh, from the original from the from the 60s. Um, you got a good look at what the Wayback Machine actually was, and I thought that was kind of fun how they did that. Um, Stephen Colbert <laughs> <laughs> putting in another you know a wonderful performance, and he's. You know, so we all know he's a great comedian, but he just—he really brings something as a as a as a voice actor, I think, to mm-hmm. to, to the character that he played. And Ty Burrell uh, doing a great—not an exact impersonation of the original Mr. Peabody, but mm-hmm. God, what a great take on it! It really yeah. felt true uh, to the original character. So uh, yeah, those those are those are my two. Nice. Honorable mentions. Awesome. And uh, Andrew, two other honorable mentions for you? Um, I uh, My honorable mentions are uh, Obvious Child by Gillian Robespierre. I love, like that a lot. Love, love that movie. It was in my, in my top ten for work. But uh, the movie that I would have put on my actual official top ten, but I did not because it was actually made a long time ago and just released this year, uh, was Nurse 3D. Um, oh. starring, starring Paz de la Huerta. It, uh, to me, man, that was just like, I was, that's a movie I've been waiting for for a long time. It's like Paul Verhoeven and Russ Meyer made a movie together. I mean, the people, <laughs> people that are saying it was terrible, I'm like, man, y'all don't know nothing about <laughs> cult movies. I don't know shit. It, hey had so, it had so much, it had so much butts in it. I couldn't. I was so happy because and he cannot lie. Yeah, I I mean, people are like saying Paz is ugly, and like, you know what, dude? Forget it. The movie she was she was in the right movie. She was the right person for that movie. She is 
bonkers and she is so like it's so sincere what she's she's trying so hard you know just like in showgirls man when you know what's her name was trying so hard but it's just you know what i'm saying it's just the schlock writ large I love Nurse 3D. I've seen it more times than any movie released this year. I, I couldn't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray. I watched it I, I, when I did that um, VOD rental is immediately. Like I stayed up to midnight, then I was re- released on VOD, and I watched it immediately. I watched it twice. I stayed up way too late and was all sleepy at work the next day. I love Nurse 3D, man. I, I, love I, will, I wish I could have seen it on the big screen in 3D. I wish I could I will say that a lot of people t- talk about certain people who go through half the movie topless. She goes through half that movie bottomless. Bottomless, right? <laughs> Butts bringing it for 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I did that. That has got to be. That has got to be. When they re-release this, when they re-release this, a second pressing on the Blu-ray. That's got to be like yeah. the the grab line at the top. Butts bringing it in 2014, Andrew. I mean, that's just that's just doing it all day. It's not even that great of a butt. It's not the point. It's not the point. No, no, I actually own it. I actually own it. I haven't watched it yet. Now that you said that, I'm going to watch it this week. So just stop the podcast right now and go watch this movie. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be the takeover for Mark while he's watching. Oh, there you go. Come back, come back and talk to us in a few. We'll wait. Every now and then we just hear hear from from Mark's like home theater room. We just hear there's a lot of ass in this movie. (laughs) It's just so good, guys. It's just so. It's so good. That's awesome. Guy. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, two honorable mentions for you. Uh, because the two honorable mentions that I have, uh, which was Birdman and Winter Soldier, were already taken. Nurse 3D. I'm, <laughs> Nurse 3D. <laughs> I'm going to uh, mention one that uh, my, my favorite independent film, uh, which came out. It's an anthology called Hole in the Wall. Yeah. Oh, oh God, it was in that. <laughs> well, there you yes, go. Yes, you were. <laughs> I, w- I was actually on the crew for that. Seriously, you really like you really I, enjoyed because, that. Because because it was it was. You have to understand that uh, I typically am the casual moviegoer. I I watch a movie and and there's certain things that I liked. This movie was so out of my comfort zone that it, it just it was it was like the first time I've ever been exposed to this type of movie. Now that I've been actually watching a lot of those more independent films, I see that it is it is something that like must be sought after because that's what they do. But uh, the first time I watched this and, and I got to watch it with a bunch of friends, which is I think makes a huge difference when you watch a movie. Um, and, and it's just, you know, it, it grossed me out. It, it, it made me like cringe, but then it also made me go, Ooh, that's kind of neat. <laughs> and so, you know why it grossed you out, man? It's because it was pulled from the gutters of reality. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it just, it played with your mind and, and it was, and it was and also too, it's local. So, you know, you got to support the local group. Um, and it, it was, and it was fun to be able to talk with the people that were involved in the movies uh, because w- they went to the, the horror convention and uh, horror convention. Um, and <laughs> both, both, both types of conventions are fun. <laughs> <laughs> For entirely different reasons. <laughs> yes. And it was, it was, it's, it's really neat to understand what they thought of it while they were making the film as opposed to just 
seeing the film because a lot of times as as a reviewer you sit and you watch the film and then you give you 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 sort of insert your own idea of what they were trying to do and to be able to talk with the people that made the film firsthand it was just it made that that made that movie so much better for me so that's why it's wow. on my list of awesome. honorable mentions. <laughs> uh, I, I will definitely pass it on to the director, because you know, uh, the directors, I should say. Yeah, there were. It's uh, an anthology, so. I, I will say that guy in the opening scenes of that film, man, I tell you, he's one good-looking dude. <laughs> he does. Uh, <laughs> he was. <laughs> you know what? Here's some you trivia say for you. He's Gonzo right, here's some <laughs> trivia for you on that sheet right there. That was probably a like a you know like a one minute monologue or whatever. I must have done that like for an hour straight until I got a reading that I was happy. With. Wow, that's what I did for y'all, motherfuckers that I never even met before. That what I did, <laughs> and I did it right after I watched Nurse 3D. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was missing my lines, and then I thought about. But and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 like the first ten minutes of that hour was just you going ass, ass. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie is called Hole in the Wall, right? Hole yes, the wall. it is. Yes, it is. Okay, Tony. I wanna, I wanna watch it so I could support good old Andrew here. You, you're good at, yeah, you're gonna support all of Oh, Andrew, Mark, Derek, Carrie, Carolyn Baker, so many yeah. really Carolyn really, is awesome, man. So I'm many really, really talented so many really, really talented Tony, people work on Tony, I, I hope you don't get easily sick because <laughs> <laughs> of that people in me. if you can make it for, through that first segment, you'll be <laughs> you, 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 can, almost, yeah. you know, and I almost made I love I really like the movie a lot. If I did a review of it too, I really like the movie a lot. Uh if Derek or any of y'all get upset that it didn't get higher on my list. You know, you go up to Rob. Here's what you do: you go up to Rob. I don't know if it's Rob Michael, Rob Michelle, who did mm -hmm. the first segment. You go up to him and you kick him in the balls because <laughs> you say we have this one guy, Scott Davis. He's not really bright. For some reason, we like him, uh, but he has two pet peeves. Do he he has two pet peeves. Doggy's getting hurt and poop, and you put both of them in the first segment. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, no, Scott, man, for real. The reason why Babadook was not on my list for the year and Housebound was the reason why, because I, I tried not to do you know, more than one foreign film, more than one anime, sure. more than one horror, mm -hmm. is because of the dog stuff, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm a total pussy when it comes to that stuff. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh I'm just damn like, it. Why did that need to so, happen? I, you know? I got so angry. Yeah, that's why I picked Housebound over Babadook, is because but, of the dog. But Hole in the Wall. Is a, is a really good movie. It's yes, really it good. is. That, yeah. that I will definitely pass it on. Uh, Paul. It's, it's great to hear. I, I've, uh, seen a lot, I've seen a lot of raunchy movies, so if I could handle a bunch of raunchy movies, then I'm sure I could handle Hole in the Wall. If you've ever been to Walmart at 2 in the morning, you can handle Hole in the Wall. That's true. That's true. Where is this Walmart you go to? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> well, you know, um, okay, well, my number three has been already picked, uh, Mark, because my number three was actually Birdman. Okay. Um, uh, I, I'm actually glad that um, – I'm actually glad that uh, Paul picked uh, – so I'm going to go over to my number four real quick, or if I could, instead sure. uh, of that. Uh, and I'm glad Honorable he picked – mentions. And I'm glad he picked Hole in the Wall because I'm actually my number four movie of the year was actually 
another film that some of us have actually done of uh, the woman who directed it, and it was Plain Devil by Tanya right. Atomic. Yeah. But I can, I, I can say without hesitation that the most fun I had with a movie all year, the most I laughed during a movie all year, was Plain Devil, this wonderful little indie comedy that was made in Seattle about a girl gang that wants to be a tough girl gang, but they're really not that tough. <laughs> and, and one you know, foreign woman who wants to join. And the one yeah. foreign woman, little gypsy. Oh man, it's it it the movie just constantly I right from the beginning and I I'd seen uh, her earlier film uh and I'd seen a couple of her shorts. I'd seen her earlier film Walking to Linus. And I thought that's a good movie. Um but this one, I mean right from the very beginning, the little they have little um sight gags like when the girl gang comes on they have these really garish graphics saying their their like code names and stuff like um uh the, the smart girl in the gang is named Einstein Vagina. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and stuff like that. And, and like very garish. And then you go to this little gypsy, this little who's like this like like Russian Ukrainian whatever family and it's so that is it's like so poor poor and destitute that their title things are somebody off screen holding up a little index card with their Yes. <laughs> I mean just right from the beginning it, I'm like I got it. It was it was hilarious. It had like wonderful like absurdist scenes when uh Bomber Hoshi who's played by uh, Tanya Tom. Atomic who also writes, directs, does what everything, a lot of shit, um, and uh, she's getting the tattoo for the for the girl gang, and everybody else says, you know, I think t- tattoos are passe, and uh, you just said it hurt. So she says, I'm the only one getting our matching tattoo. <laughs> it is this. If you are looking for a great comedy, it's not. Than it's not Anchorman or anything else. It's this little movie out of Seattle called Plain Devil that was just great. I loved it. Um, and my number two movie was, I just wrote a review on it actually and just posted it, was a drama called uh, Camp X-Ray. Oh, okay. Uh, that I thought, it, it's a very small, intimate drama. Uh, it takes place at Guantanamo Bay. Kristen and Stewart, right? Kristen yeah, Stewart. Kristen Stewart yeah. And I got, to, uh, I got to actually open my review by saying, one of the best movies of t- 2014 stars Kristen Stewart. Get over it. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's still a lot of people who say, ah, Twilight. You know what? Twilight's been done for a couple years. Nobody gave good performances in those movies. Uh, it's the way it was written. Uh Kristen Stewart is a very capable actress. She was a capable actress before Twilight. She's proving herself to be a capable one after Twilight. Um, uh, uh, I don't want to screw up his uh, name. Uh, Payman um, Mahdi, uh, who plays the prisoner. He's fantastic. Uh, It's a a first-time director, uh, Pete Sattler. And it's a fantastic movie that really hit me really where it hurt uh i think camp x-ray is a great movie so my two honorable mentions since birdman was taken for number three i'm going to say my two honorable mentions are plain devil and camp x-ray nice excellent choices yeah i always said that i always thought that kristen stewart uh, with the right director she actually 
could really be a good actress. I always oh, she's thought, proven in the past. Know, I mean, I think you look at films, some other. I think you films. You look at films like uh, In, Into the Wild, uh, Speak, Adventureland, which I think is really. Oh, underrated. I love Un- Adventureland. Adventureland is an amazing Run- movie. Runaways. I actually liked her in Runaways. Oh, I like Runaways God, too, dude. Runaways, yeah. The Runaways was a movie I waited for ever for it to get made and when it was made I said it was perfect. Yeah, she was, was perfect that ending of that, that ending shot of Runaways is so freaking good. If you ever Andrew, yeah. I'm so glad you if, so glad you said that if you actually go back to the original Film Geek Central that we podcast <laughs> we did when the movie came out like three or four years ago, I said I said the camera starts to pull out, I said and I said if it cuts to black right now, it's a perfect movie, and that's exactly when it cuts to black. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, no, so Camp Factory is a really fantastic movie. I, I highly yeah. recommend it. And uh, Tony, what about you, sir? A couple honorable mentions? Okay. This will be hard since I have seen a lot of very great movies, in my opinion, but I'll go ahead and give one shout-out to an indie film and another shout-out to a blockbuster film. For blockbuster, I'm going to say X-Men Days of Future Past. That's going to be real high, somewhere in my top five, and I absolutely love this movie. It's not only my favorite superhero movie of this year, but I do think overall it is the best X-Men movie out of the whole franchise. I love the whole storytelling. I love the whole time-traveling concept behind it. I love the first-class cast and the original cast just coming together. Um, It was like one big spew of orgasm just seeing it together. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. uh, That's a mutant power I wouldn't want. You, you, you know, you know uh, maybe they maybe maybe they just need to clean those theaters where you're going there, Tony. Um, yeah, squeegee. Yeah, it's all it's a it's all like doodom. Did you have an orgasm? No. <laughs> no, no. But you know, no, can you imagine how the definition you'd see in that in the Quicksilver scene, though? <laughs> oh, 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 dude, you have, you have no idea what that is. Wow, like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Man, this podcast has just gone off the rails now. What? I'm following. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes Peter North look like an amateur. <laughs> it makes botulism look like a sauce. <laughs> and well, yeah, I don't, I don't want to make Mark's uh, spoiler room go- turn into the sex talk, but yeah, the we probably the movie get more was... listeners that way. But no, that's fine, Cody. What's your uh, indie film? <laughs> oh, and then uh, very quick, I just want to say I love the action. I loved how it ended, and okay. overall, it was a very satisfying movie to me. Exactly. And then for my other honorable mention. Uh, one of my favorite movies. Uh, one of my favorite movies of this year is Chef. Oh, I think Chef oh, is. Oh, that was a, a good very, movie. Yeah. I think it's a very entertaining, very fun, funny at times film. I loved how much passion John Favreau had for his film. You know, you know he's done blockbusters like the first two Iron Man movies, Cowboys and Aliens, Elf. But you know, it was nice to kind of see him go back into a more smaller direction. And um, I thought he did a really great job. I thought it was very well filmed. It was brilliantly written. It was very well directed. The cast brought in their A game. And I'm glad that he gave John Leguizamo the, his time to shine because I feel like he's a very underrated actor and he doesn't really yeah. get too much work. So I'm glad John Leguizamo got to shine because 
I want to see him do more stuff, and I want more people to recognize him and give him the recognition he deserves as an actor because I really like him. I don't know, and even though Robert Downey Jr. was only in it for like two or three minutes, his screen time was like one of the best parts of the movie. So overall, I love Chef. <clears throat> It'll definitely be somewhere in my top 10 or top 15, but it is one of my favorites of this year. Awesome. Well, that's great. Yeah, I wanted to see Chef, but uh, it didn't show here at all. So hopefully uh, I get to see it. Uh, I think it's out on demand now or on uh, DVD, or if it, not, it's, it's coming out, I think. That was on my yeah. top 10. This will conclude the best of portion of our podcast. Make sure you check out part two of the best of worst of 2014 spoiler room episode. You can catch that on iTunes and you can leave your feedback about the episode at our new section at specialmarkproductions.com in the SMP forums. Check it out and let your voice be heard.